Welcome to another episode of Becoming Referrable, the podcast that helps you be the kind of advisor people can't stop talking about. I'm Julie Littlechild with AbsoluteEngagement.com. And I'm Steve Wershing of The Client Driven Practice. Today we have with us someone who may be the top expert on how to build a business through referrals and personal introduction. Bill Cates' books Get More Referrals Now, Don't Keep Me a Secret, and Beyond Referrals have revolutionized the way financial services industry generates referrals. Bill's also somewhat of an adventurer. He's trekked through the Himalayas of Nepal and the Andes of Peru. He's lived on a houseboat in Kashmir, India climbed Machu Picchu, reached the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro, camped in the Arctic Circle, and he's toured the country as a drummer in a rock band. The most important thing, though, for you to know is that thousands of financial professionals are using Bill's system to attract a steady flow of high-quality clients through referrals. I love that the discussion acknowledged that the referral landscape has changed and that there's a new face of asking for referrals that puts the client at the center. You'll learn words you can use to get an introduction a process that allows you to collaborate with clients on how to comfortably approach people they know, and a method to plant the seed and introduce the concept of referrals comfortably and without asking. If you know Bill's work and you've read my work, you'll know that uh, a big part of Bill's process is to ask for referrals and that I'm out there saying very vehemently, don't ask for referrals. So we talk a little bit about that in this episode. And, uh, give you both sides of it and give you some good ideas, I think, that come from contrasting those two approaches. So with that, let's go to Bill Cates. So welcome, Bill. It's it's a thrill to speak with you, and welcome to Becoming Referrable. Hey, it's great to be uh, with you guys. I'm a fan of uh, your work, so I'm excited. As we are of yours, so it'll be. it should be a great conversation. So let's jump right into it. You know, in your new book, Beyond Referrals, which is getting rave reviews, and, and I just finished it myself, and it's terrific, you talk about not abandoning how to get referrals, but goes further than just the referrals. So what, what do you mean by Beyond Referrals? Yeah, as you teach yourself, uh, it's not about getting the referral, which uh, is kind of call George, you know, mention my name. Uh, sometimes in financial services, it's referred to as the referred lead. Well, we we know that it's it's very hard to get in touch with people these days. It's hard enough to reach our clients, let alone prospective clients. And so, we have to get connected. We have to get introduced. We have to get recommended. I just did a speaking engagement for a firm uh, last week that actually made a nice distinction between referral, which is hey, call George, use my name, recommendation, which is maybe sending an email to their friend says, hey, you know, this guy George is going to be uh, calling you. You should take his call. Well, certainly a little bit better along that the continuum of connection. And, of course, what's best is that email handshake, George, meet Bob, Bob, meet George, or you go out and, you know, meet at lunch or breakfast or around the golf. So it's the connection. And even though I use the word referrals a lot, what I really mean is introductions. So I think whenever we're talking to a, a client, a prospective client, a center of influence, like an accountant, we, we should always favor that word introduction because that means connection, and, and it really doesn't count until we get connected. Yeah, you know, it's an excellent point, and Julie's research points to a lot of that, too, that, that you know, what she finds is that, you know, as much as a third of a financial advisor's clients will typically report re- referring them in a year, but what actually gets through to the advisor is a lot is is much much smaller than that. So, what are some of your favorite ideas on how to actually get introductions rather than just referrals? Well, I think you have to almost assume the introduction. Here's what I mean by this. I, first of all, I don't think we want to be uh, assumptive that the person is willing to do this. I think that 
that's the mistake. That's the old school uh, style of being proactive, of saying, great, I'm glad to see the value in what we're doing. Who do you know, right? Who do you know we can help? And, <laughs> sure. and so that usually goes nowhere and people feel a little put upon on the spot. So we can get into the actual asking. But in terms of the introduction, I think once we know we have someone who's willing to recommend us, introduce us to someone else, uh, rather than saying, great, let me know what your word says, you know, give me a call or have them call me, which is what a lot of people do, and they kind of abdicate any kind of uh, further activity there, it's, you know, let's talk about how you introduced me to George. So let's, you know, my guess is George would like to hear from you before he hears from me. Uh, you know, let's talk about what that might look like. And some phraseology I've been, I've been using lately, and I, I believe that words matter and they have to be authentic to ourselves, but one of the things I found in the work I do with folks is, is helping find the right words for them so that they can actually access a strategy or a tactic that they've been uh, reluctant to use. So the words that I use are, let, let's craft an approach, let's craft, let's craft or create or talk about an approach for you to introduce me to George. And the two criteria I, I like uh, to think about, you know, in the States, in the Food and Drug Administration, I'm sure in Canada where you guys are, it's a similar phenomenon. When they're approving a drug for the market, the two criteria are, that is that drug safe and effective? So isn't that what we want for introductions, right? We want the referral source, our client usually, to feel comfortable, safe about making this introduction. They want to know how we're going to handle it, what it's going to look like. Certainly we want that new prospect, their friend, family member, colleague, to feel comfortable in this process. And we want to pique the interest, at least, of this new prospect. So we want it safe and effective. And that's what we're trying to do. And I think you can even say those words, you know. Uh, Julie, let's talk a little bit how you introduced me to Steve. First of all, I want to feel comfortable for you, for Steve. And, of course, I'd like to at least pique his interest and his willingness to, to talk to me for a few minutes. Can we talk about what that might look like? And, and so that's where we go in, and, and we come from this collaborative perspective of doing it and also you know, wanting people to feel comfortable, safe, and protect the relationships, if you will. So that's yeah. my perspective. Now, that's an interesting approach to it. Let me, let me back it up just a little bit before that because, and you may have addressed this already, but one of the things that you said was, you know, let's let's work on some language so that it's comfortable for you to introduce George to me. So how did you come up with George in the first place? How did you uncover who you wanted that introduction to? Sure, which let's get back to, to the actual asking. And if I, if I can go back just a little bit further, because this brings Julie's work into this conversation a little bit. I have uh, kind of three words I want to throw out that will make a big difference uh, for folks listening to this. And first one is, is engagement, and that's certainly what Julie uh, measures, talks about, is creating that sense of engagement because we know it's the engaged clients that give referrals. And so we've got to do that. Uh, we've got to create that sense of engagement with prospects, with new clients, with ongoing clients. And then the next word is leverage. All right, how do we leverage that? Well. We know that, that one of the mistaken assumptions that a lot of advisors and folks carry around with them is I'll just serve, you know, I'll just have satisfied clients. I'll serve my clients and they'll refer me to others. And that's a half-truth, right? Some will do it, some won't. We've got to be appropriately proactive so we can promote referrals and or introductions and we can then leverage. And then that's the asking. And then the connection, of course, is the introduction. So in the asking... I teach a methodology, we, we call it VIPS, it's just an easy way to remember it, and V is the value discussion, that's where we check in to make sure that this prospect or the center of influence feels good about the work. Is this, and we ferret out any complaints that might be there, and, and I know Julie's work has shown that people who are asked for feedback, input, I call it a value discussion, uh, are 
much more likely to provide introductions. And so we start with that. And then the VIPS is value and treat it with importance. Be confident. Come from a place of, of, of believing in the work you do. Permission to brainstorm or explore. Make it collaborative. And then the S is suggest names and categories. And I've learned that the more prepared we are for this, the more we think about who in their world do they know, the more confident we're going to be and the more effective we'll be. So rather than making that classic mistake of saying, who do you know we can help, now you, you know you're going to talk about this. You know it's going to come up. Come prepared. Pay attention from the minute you meet someone to how they're active in the community and people affected by the decisions they make. and all kinds of ways. LinkedIn is a great source. We can talk about that if you want, of how to identify folks to bring to this conversation. Um, and uh, it could be categories, money in motion, life events. And you just say to your clients, say, you know, maybe we can brainstorm for a minute. I've, I've got a couple ideas I'd like to run by you if that's okay. Or, you know, you mentioned a couple of folks last time we met. Can I just run it by to see what you think? And so we're being appropriately proactive, but we're certainly not pushing anybody into anything they don't want to do. We're giving them permission to say, yeah, I'm not sure I want to do that, and that's fine. Um, but when we come prepared, we're more confident, and if we're more confident, they're going to actually going to be more confident and feel better about the, the process. So it's all the different ways we can come up with those folks to suggest and, of course, they'll suggest people on their own. Now, Bill, do you find for advisors that when you go through this process that learning this method is like flexing a new muscle? Is it, is it a very different kind of conversation? And how, how do you help them get comfortable with it? Yeah, it, it's, for some it's flexing a new muscle. For some it's, I, I used to joke with one of my uh, employees that it's, we're, we're teaching people, people to overcome the fear of snakes. Um, <laughs> You know, <laughs> a lot of fear, a lot of doubt, a lot of mm-hmm. mistaken assumptions, a lot of uh, limiting beliefs when it comes to this. And, and so most people don't feel confident. And when they don't feel confident, either they don't do it or they're kind of weak, wishy-washy. They never quite get to the point. They mostly promote. They say, hey, you know, we're never too busy to help others. And there's nothing wrong with that. That can sometimes generate results, but it's not the same as asking. So there's a few things. You know, having a, having a path to follow, having a process, in our case, the VIPS, you know, method, is a lot of other things. It might not be the only way, but that's one way. And having a path, knowing that, coming up with the right words, the words for you. And what I teach folks to do is to sit in front of a computer, imagine a real client, and just type out a little story. You know, just what would you say to check in about the value? What would you do to transition to a, you know, a possible conversation around this? How are they going to react? And just think through that a little bit. Type it out, read it out loud, tighten it up, and just get your path. Whether you memorize the script or you just know the bullet points, um, that's how you, you bolster your confidence. And then ultimately, most people, some people are naturals when it comes to this. I'm sure you guys have seen that, but in most cases they're not. And so they've got to practice this, and people just don't practice this enough. Not just with yourself driving to an office or an appointment, but you know, with a colleague. And I found it takes about seven, eight times for someone to go through the simple process to finally get to that point where they go, ah, okay, I got it. Now I think I can try this. 
So let's drill down into this a little bit because this is where, you know, people who are listening to this will probably know that asking for referrals is a big part of your process. And then I've got a book out called Stop Asking for Referrals. And of right. course, you know, I, I, I wrote that because the way that a lot of people approach it, it's, it's more about the advisor than it is about the client. So when, when you coach advisors on how to talk about referrals, how, how do you avoid that? What, how do you teach them to not have it be about the advisor? Yes, and I can't agree with you more there. And, and you know, when I saw the book title, Stop Asking for Referrals, I'm thinking, okay, what, you know, what does he mean by that? And what you mean is actually different than what a lot of folks mean. Uh, and you mean it's the old methodology, the old style, the advisor-centered, the agent-centered methodology that many people have been taught. Right. And, of course, you're also talking about not just referrals but introductions. If you find anybody out there who says you can't ask referrals, don't ask referrals, people aren't thinking about other people, you know, it's all about you, it's, they're just referring to the old-style stuff. It's their own fear, their own projection, and you shouldn't pay attention to it. Now, what you should do, I believe, in my opinion, and I've been doing this for a quarter century, guys, so it, it must be working to some degree. <laughs> um, is you want to make it you want to make it client-centered, value-centered. So the old methodology is let me tell you how I get paid. I get paid in two ways: referrals. Or that's right. That's how I was trained when I was new in the business. Mm -hmm. Right, right, and it, it worked for a while. And I guess for some people it still works, but most people don't feel comfortable doing it in the first place because they know it's all about them and the money in their pocket when they should really be just helping clients feel better about their money and where I'm trying to build my business I can use your help and you know there's nothing wrong with asking for help but think about when you get referrals without asking right everybody listening to this podcast should be getting referrals without asking why because they're referable and that's the beginning of that you've got to be referable in any event when you get unsolicited referrals it's because someone saw your value Right? Maybe they like you and want to help you, and that's fine, and that's good, but they did it mostly. I think, Julie, in your study, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the last one I saw was something like 61% of people who gave a referral to their advisor did it to help a friend, a family member, a colleague. 37% did it to help the advisor. So, you know, gosh, what if we can get both of those dynamics, both of those energies going at the same time? That's the most powerful. So when we do ask, we ask, we make it about bringing this value to other people. That's why I have the value discussion, right? Tell me the value you feel you've gotten from this meeting, from this process, from whatever. And they talk about that, and they say, "Great, let's you know, let's bring, so let's see if we can identify a way to identify a few folks that we can bring this important work to other people, right? It's about that." And now, if they like you and like you a lot, and you've worked really hard on the engagement process, and they. Not, don't just see your value, but they also like who you are as a person. That likability and trust factor is high. Then they know you're they're helping you. Right? You don't have to hit them over the head with it. They know it, and they like to do that. And that's what creates the advocates, really. It's those people that really they want to bring the value to others, and they want to help you at the same time. And so, a client-centered methodology. That's a great way to look at it. And so let's let's uh, explore that a little bit. So what what's some of the groundwork that's necessary before you can bring up that topic with uh, with clients? Well, I could defer to Julie on this because it is the sense of engagement, and it's the engagement on the level of the value and the level of the uh, the person. So I've broken it into into three parts. This this engagement thing. So we have what we call the prospect experience, and it's really your sales process, but it's the process that someone goes through. To learn about you and you to learn about them and decide if it's a fit and make a decision to work with you. So that's the prospect experience. And 
we need to think in terms of this, this sense of engagement from the very beginning, that we're connecting with uh, the value, we're asking good questions, we're teaching, and we're also getting them a sense of who we are as an individual. Then the next would be the onboarding process, the new client experience. And certainly in financial services, there's a, usually a built-in part to that because there's a deliverable. It's deliverable could be a product, a plan, a policy, whatever, but there's a deliverable and you sit down, you explain it, and that's part of the onboarding, the initial process. Uh, there's other things that could go into that. And then there's, of course, the ongoing client service model or promise. So all of that has to be in place. And guys, one of the things that, and you know, I've been doing this for a long time, and I've talked about those sorts of things for a long time, but most companies and folks hired me to coach or speak uh, or train um, about how to ask, kind of what we're talking about now. And, and, but I, then I realized that a lot of these folks weren't referable in the first place. Oh, and, there it is. Right? You got to start there. Yeah, yeah. Right? And now, can you create a sense of engagement and become referable quickly, sometimes in a first appointment? And the answer is yes, sometimes you can. A lot of it's personality-based in terms of the connection and that individual and how open they are, etc. But it can happen. And how do I know that? Well, everyone on the, is listening to this has probably been on a first appointment with a prospective client and you're talking about stuff, and they say, you know, my sister should know about you or whatever. And so guess what? You've already created enough engagement for them, enough referability for that particular person to start to be willing to have this conversation. And so the people that think you need to be, you know, a year into the relationship to do this, well, if they're a statistician like my father and super analytical, yeah, maybe you do. But don't assume that. That's part of the groundwork, right, is, is laying that. And then one other piece real quick is uh, another way you can lay the groundwork is what I, you've heard me say, I'm promoting referrals. Sometimes I call it planting the seed. So if things you can say at the beginning, early, throughout a relationship that introduces the concept of introductions into the relationship without necessarily asking, and it does three things. Sometimes it turns into introductions, referrals right on the spot. Sometimes later, down the road, they think of someone, you've said, hey, you know, don't keep me a secret or whatever, and they said, they don't keep you a secret. And it's a barometer for their relationship to this process. So if I said to you, hey, Steve, you know, please don't keep me a secret out there, you might say, oh, yeah, absolutely, you know, I, I definitely want to tell people about you. Okay, great. Next time I get together, I'm probably going to ask you for some introductions. On the other hand, if you said, well, I'm not so sure, Bill. I, well, I appreciate what you're doing, but, you know, we're pretty private people. Okay, so next time I'm not asking, right? So that's another way we entered into the relationship and the conversation without asking yet to get a feel and get a sense. Uh, that alone will produce some results, not exactly all that we want, but it has a pretty good place there. Sure. Well, and, and it's a great way to honor the client's preferences and, and concerns, you know, in, in, in introducing it that way. Absolutely. So that sounds like uh, it's related to something that you call the impact of the benefits. And so is that what, what's related to that, or am I thinking of something different? Well, I'd say it's related, but it's a little different. And I'll just explain that. The impact of the benefits, um, you know, in my book, Beyond Referrals, uh, there's four main sections, which is let's get more referrals or really identify people willing to do this. And, and then the next step is turn it into the introduction. Uh, as we're talking about, then the next step, of course, is that we got to contact these people. We've got to reach them. We've got to set the appointment. And then, then we've got to make the sale, if you will. We have to bring them on as a client. And that's from that last section. It's, it's in the principles of influence and moving people to take action. 
But what, it, what I mean by this is we talk about the benefits of the work we do, the advice we give, the products, the, how the products bring certain benefits, etc. And we kind of assume that the clients get it and that, that they, we, they know what the benefit is. But the impact of the benefit is getting them to think through the benefit, relate to the benefit, take it on, live with it. So if I said to someone, you know, this is a hypothetical, right? So with a, you know, an annuity with a guaranteed, you know, income annuity, you, you would never have to worry about a certain chunk of money. You, every month you would have this for the rest of your life. And, you know, with certain writers, your family would too, and et cetera, right? So, all right, that's the benefit. That's great. It sounds wonderful. What would that mean to you? What would that look like? How would you, you know, so it's the impact of the benefit. So we always want to say things like, how does that resonate with you? Or try that on for a minute. Does that, does that sound right? Does that sound like something that would be appropriate and fit in your world? Or sure. Lots sure. of different ways to say that, but that gets them to then try on all the benefits that we talk about, making sure that they get it. Okay, interesting. So one thing I wanted to make sure that we got to while we were still talking was you refer in your new book to a perpetual revenue system. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? And that really is the words that I talked about earlier, uh, but I'll, I'll put a little more meat on the bone. So we have, we create this sense of engagement. We create this referability. That's great. That'll create some introductions, some referrals without asking. Then we're appropriately leveraging, and so we're promoting and asking the right way, and then we're getting the connection, and we're getting introduced, we're getting connected. We are connecting ourselves with this new prospect to set the appointment, whatever that might look like. And then, from the minute we meet this new prospect, you may recall I talked about the prospect experience. It's designed to not just bring them on as a client, but it's designed to become referable, to create this sense of engagement, so that they will hire us and so that we can be referable. And so what happens is that if you just think of those three words, well, it's never-ending. It really is perpetual when you're able to create engagement, leverage, get connected, create engagement, leverage, connected. It never really stops. And the beautiful thing here is that because over time, many clients, not all, but many clients will introduce us to more than one person, that's where the exponential growth starts to take place. And, you know, one person leads us to two over time, and they lead us to four over time, et cetera. So that, this idea of a perpetual revenue stream, a perpetual flow of new clients, it sounds kind of pie in the sky, sounds too good to be true. Well, the truth is it's very, actually pretty simple to understand and create. You just have to implement. Okay, great. Well, it's been great talking with you today, Bill, and, and I'm, I'm excited about all the ideas that you've shared. Before we let you go, there's one question that we've been asking all of our guests on the podcast, and that is, um, and, and this might relate to some of the stuff that we talked about. It might relate to some of some things that you talk about that we didn't talk about today, or it may be something totally outside of that. But what three things would you recommend to advisors that would get more people talking about them? In addition to what we've already talked about, of being highly referable and, and being appropriately proactive, you know, when we learn about people's uh, connections, right, we, we pay attention to the connections in people's lives. Some advisors do a pretty good job of that. Some people don't do a particularly good job of that. And so when we pay attention and we start to see all those connections, we start to see where we can promote in more areas. And we can say, you know, you mentioned this group and this group. And what goes along with that, for instance, is one of the types of introductions that's easier for some clients to make 
is for a speaking opportunity, right? To be in front of a room full of potential prospects, potential clients. And a lot of people forget about that when they're talking with their clients. They forget about that possibility of that kind of uh, introduction. And I guess this is somewhat related. It's a little bit of a, of, of a well, it's, it is related. Let me take it back. It, it's social event marketing. And what I mean by that is client appreciation events and events where um, there's really two types of client appreciation events. One is a client appreciation event where we're saying, thank you. We'd love to, you know, let's, let's, let's create a business friendship. Let's enjoy each other's company on the boat, you know, tasting wine or chocolate or whatever. Sure. Yep. And then we encourage them to bring someone who would, would enjoy meeting us in a social environment. And then there's a, a celebration event, which is where there may be one or two couple uh, guests of honor. So it could be birthday, retirement, anniversary, whatever it may be. And then helping them celebrate that, they invite guests. While we're celebrating the, this, this whatever's happening, this milestone in their life, we create incredible engagement, right? Client for life. But we're meeting more people, and we're meeting people like them. And they're talking about us in a different way. And their friends, family, they sense that. They get that. And they go, you know, my advisor would never do anything like this. And that's how we can stand out is that, that full engagement through that business friendship with social activities. Okay. Great. Well, Bill, your new book, Beyond Referrals, How to Use the Perpetual Revenue System to Turn Referrals into High-Value Clients, is out. I think everybody should read it. It's got lots of good ideas in every chapter. Is there anything else that you're working on now that uh, that people should know about? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I appreciate you asking. And every time I, uh, I solve a problem or help uh, someone take advantage of an opportunity, I learn something else that, that they could be helped with, right? So, for instance, I've learned that a lot of advisors aren't particularly strong or confident about articulating their value, how they talk about the work that they do. Totally. I I totally agree. On the phone, you name it. Yep. And so my next book is going to be about creating that compelling value proposition. How do we talk about the work we do in writing, on the phone, whatever it may be, in person, in a way that moves people to action? A good value proposition doesn't just set us apart a little bit, perhaps. Uh, and create interest, which is good. It actually creates movement. It compels someone to take action, whether that's meet with us or work with us or introduce us to somewhere else, someone else. That's so. That's my next book, and I've got a co-author on that, and we're getting started now. Oh, that sounds great! I can't wait to see it. Thank so, uh, Bill, where can people find you? Thank you. Uh, referralcoach.com. Pretty simple. Referralcoach.com. Uh, when you get there, you can see you can. Get some free report. You know the drill. People like me, we like to entice you into our world with a little bit of value, and <laughs> you can uh, you can get for free. We we have a blog like you guys do, and and a lot of good articles. And then if you want to uh, subscribe to our newsletter and learn more about and get into our world, we're happy to help any way we can. That sounds great, Bill. What a thrill it has been to talk with you. So thanks very much for spending some time with us today. Julie and Steve, thank you for having me. I respect the work you guys do tremendously, and it's an honor to be a part of this. You too. Take care. Hey folks, Steve again. Thanks for joining us on Becoming Referrable. If you like what you've been hearing, please do us a favor and rate us on iTunes. It really helps. You can get all the links, show notes, and other tidbits from these episodes at becomingreferrable.com. You can also get our free report, Three Referral Myths That Limit Your Growth, and connect with our blogs and other resources. So until next time, so long.